Hello, this is episode 8 of the Opening Up podcast and today we're going to be looking at 10 ways that you can look after your mental health and within this we're looking at promoting mental fitness, so giving people better, more positive mental health rather than waiting for there to be a decline before you start to pay any kind of attention. So, of these 10 here, there might be 10 that you feel comfortable to do straight away, or it might be that some of them just seem a little bit abstract and not your kind of thing. But hopefully within this, there's something which everyone can pick out, uh, at least a one or two, to be able to embed and try to take their, their mental health as seriously as you may well take your physical health. And within this, in actual fact, there's quite a bit which overlaps between the two healths that we might talk about. So in no particular order, I'll make my way through these 10 and give you a little bit of a signpost to where you can find out some more about them in case you wanted to really uh, get involved with them. Number one, meditation. I mentioned this at sessions that we do with clubs and for many, the idea of meditation would be quite linked with a particular image of a type of person that might do it, thinking that it's very much a New Age or Eastern phenomenon. And of course, that might be something that does have truth to it. But really, what meditation does is provide two very significant benefits to mental health. One is within the act of meditating for the, the moments that you're doing it, and it could be that a meditation lasts for five minutes, it could last a, a great deal longer. You actually give yourself the chance to switch off and press the pause button, something which, in my opinion, is the most important thing in terms of maintaining good, positive mental health. But what it also does, if we're looking at it from more of a performance perspective, is give you the opportunity to train, and this is to train your concentration because within the process of meditation, you will be focusing on one thing at a time. In the guided meditations that you can find through apps like Headspace and Smiling Mind, it will be concentrating on your breathing or perhaps the taste of something or particular sounds. No matter what it is, that can then easily be transferred into other areas of your life where you do need to keep that focus very much on one thing. And in cricket, that appears so simple, whether that's facing um, a bowler running in or you're running into bowl at someone or in the field, we do need to concentrate on just one thing. So anything that can promote that is surely worth, uh, worth doing. But like anything new, I really would say the best piece of advice that was given to me is to try it, to really try and stick with it. If it doesn't seem to work for you on the first few occasions, give it a go. See if you can stick with it for a month. And by that point, it really will have started to make a difference. And that leads me to number two, gratitude. The process of practising gratitude is one which does require a month or so for it to be embedded. But once it is, it's something that really does take off in terms of giving you the opportunity to view things more positively, to be able to filter so that your first interaction with a problem or a challenge would be to consider what you can do positively as well as considering the world around you and what is good about it now it may be an instinct in people i've certainly been guilty of this to look for the negatives first and think about what isn't present when in actual fact particularly uh 
people like ourselves who are accessing this through iPhones, living in a world where we have so much on offer, materially at least, compared to other people, we really should be trying to tap into the things that we should be grateful for and using them to to inspire us, uh, for want of a better term. So that process of gratitude is perhaps within um, an exercise after a game or after training, trying to reflect on three things that have gone well and or three things that you're grateful for, that you have, that that you cherish, whether that's your family, your living circumstances, your job, your health, the time in history that you're alive, I often reflect on and think how great it is to live in 2018 rather than, say, 1818. The vast majority of people who've lived in periods ever to ours would look at ours and think that we're so fortunate to have all the technology and opportunity that we do. Now, again, that gratitude can link and does link very heavily with, number, with another one on our list here, and that's number three, which is journaling. If you're to practice gratitude, it would best be kept in a a diary of some description. Now, I know when I was thinking about diaries when I was younger, before I'd engaged with all of this kind of thing, I would have considered a diary just to be the preserve of a teenage girl writing down secrets about what she thought of boys at school or everything like that. So aside from my quite sexist initial interpretation of what a diary or journaling was, Of course, the truth is that this can be used in so many different ways. For gratitude, to be writing down the three things that have gone well, a a common one-page entry might be for this kind of thing. Three reasons to be grateful. Three things that went well in that day. Three things which they might want to address in the day ahead or 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 have addressed in the day that's just gone. And also um, some notes about how you're feeling, tracking how... You are. That, putting it down on paper, does help release some of those thoughts, particularly if they're negative, from your mind. But it's also a very helpful tool, if you're having a problem with your with your health, to look back on and realise that not every day is bad, that you can get the good in some days, even if that's in the middle of ones which appear to be difficult. I personally find that really useful tool to be able to see back to how I was a month or a week ago, And then compare that and say, well, what did I do in the meantime to get better? Or what could I look at maybe to get better? Number four is exercise. We get told a lot about exercise and mental health. Anyone who engages with the theme will will be aware that a very straightforward way to promote good mental health is through exercise, through the the chemicals that get produced by your body that that lift your mood to the feelings of satisfaction and accomplishment as well as a positive body image that comes with looking after yourself in that way. Sometimes exercise is something that people just kind of throw at a mental illness and say, oh, go for a jog, that'll stop you being depressed. It's not as straightforward as that, but exercise is something which if we're looking after mind and body can be really central to that. I don't know about you... But if I've ever gone for a run and I've, you know, I've really managed to get a personal best or close to it, or I've just felt that I've been able to carry on longer, then the feeling of satisfaction does maintain beyond just getting home and looking at the Strava or the the watch and thinking about my time. Actually, then to think, well, I can approach other things in that way, and if I can achieve in one area, this physical exercise then perhaps I can apply myself in other ways number five 
certainly corresponds with the physical element there, and that's of eating well. I would say, again, a best way to frame this is personal experience. Of all the things that get promoted in terms of good uh, good for your mental health, eating well would have been something that I looked at probably last, not really considered the impact of the um, certain foods on your health and ones which can be avoided. You know what it's like, I'm sure, if you have a, a sugar rush, fantastic, yeah, loads of energy, but then when there's a dip after that, that can feel quite um, quite difficult. Um, and I've explored that a bit more and tried to think about maybe eating less sugar, eating a bit better. Certain foods are great for your mind. You'd have different vitamins that get given off, which then help to improve your, your mind and your outlook and, and build along with the other things that have been mentioned and will be mentioned, just different ways of giving yourself that um, perspective. For me, I would say that the, the most important thing for, for, for mental health in terms of eating well is the opportunity within that to be able to once again think about the satisfaction of having achieved something and thinking that actually I'm looking after my body. But one thing I would caution, sounding like I'm lecturing people here, but is not to be too downbeat or too much uh, too, too much negativity. If you do eat a pizza or have a greasy burger or go for a curry too often, because although we want to do everything we can to improve our mental health or and our physical health, there are things which people have certain weaknesses for, and there really isn't anything wrong with someone having particular foods. Yes, people might reflect that too much of that can lead to long-term problems, but we certainly don't want to be in this any kind of thing of promoting good mental health and shaming certain foods and habits when people may, initially when they're interacting with that, find some form of comfort in that. We hear the term comfort food. It's clearly um, that for a reason. What I'd recommend along this, if people are starting to think about what should I eat or what shouldn't I eat, there's an article on our magazine, if you scroll down towards the bottom, by a lady called Emma Kirk, who writes about um, the medicinal kitchen. And she's got a couple of articles on there, and there's a link to her book. There's an e-book called Feed Your Mind. She's got a ton of recipes full of foods that are really, really good for your mind, brain food, if you like. So check that out and see if there's things in there that you can make little tweaks to your diet and see if that makes a difference. Okay, number six. We talked about this in a previous podcast. This is alcohol. So episode three of our podcast, if you ever want to go back and listen to it, was about the idea of um, how much influence alcohol can have on your mental health. won't go into it too much because there was a separate episode, but alcohol is ever-present in, in, in many sports environments after the game. It's a tool that people use to socialise and just like anything in moderation absolutely no problem the issues that a lot of people who have had mental illness would would have is that alcohol has has compounded those problems and sometimes you would look back and, and think was it alcohol that caused the mental illness or was it mental illness that then caused a, a negative interaction with alcohol the thing to remember and the simplest one to, to start thinking about this is that alcohol is a depressant. So if you're already having issues with your health and then you're flooding your body with this depressant, then it's certainly not going to make things better. It's 
another thing that it's very expensive, increasingly so these days. Uh, and it lead, can lead to a lot of weight gain as well. But um, I'm certainly not here to lecture about alcohol. Anyone listening who knows me personally would probably be starting to chuckle at some of the stuff that... Silly things I've done when I've uh, used alcohol over the years. I'd certainly think that now, with a, with a different interaction, having thought about my own experiences of mental illness, that alcohol is now something which I really do think about. Probably the thing I consider the most seriously as a potential problem or a derailer towards my m- mental health. Um, equally so, if you think about promoting positive mental health, being able to set yourself achievable goals and say, well, actually, I'll have a night out without drinking or drinking a certain amount or I'll do something which is not focused around alcohol. And in sport, often then that might be something which is towards physical exercise and you get the accomplishment of maybe having played a game of five-a-side football, gone for a run, gone for a swim, whatever it is. So alcohol is something that is worth a reflection not me directing people to think something, but a reflection to think, well, does my alcohol uh, use affect my health? Does it lead me to having the symptoms of, of, of bad health? So as I've touched on with there, something which we can do, really positive for mental health, uh, which is number seven on this list, is connect. Whether that be within your cricket whether that be within work, one-on-one with a friend, whatever. Connecting with other people is something which certainly makes the big difference when you're at one end of the scale suffering from bad mental health. But it's also something that keeps things going and can give you all the opportunities to thrive at the other end when you're looking to promote positive mental health. Our interactions with other people give us so many different opportunities and I think the, the great advantage of connecting with with different people is the perspective it allows you to have if you're sitting at home on your own thinking about what's happened in your day and you're ruminating on the negatives then you've only got that one-way conversation or you've got a two-way conversation with your mind pushing things back and if you've got into a negative cycle there's negative thoughts that are, are contagious in your mind then that's all that will happen Connecting with other people gives you the perspective that perhaps they've had a similar experience and they've dealt with it in a a certain way. Or they can just take your mind off it. So one of the things that we lose the ability to do really quickly during mental illness is is to want to connect with people. Then the instinct is to want to put yourself away, to not expose yourself to other people's company. But keeping up that regular level of being connected helps you and, and helps others as well. Number eight, keep learning, keep trying new skills, test your mind. This is really good for sort of how your mind can interact with things. Learning a new hobby or putting yourself outside of your comfort zone stretches your brain and stretches it to use every single bit that it's got. And that provides all kinds of positive benefits. The satisfaction, the accomplishment of having given something a go, maybe not even succeeded at it, but thinking, hey, I did that, when actually the easy option would have been just to sit on my ass and not do anything. This could be within the game of cricket, trying something different, perfecting or attempting to perfect a new shot or a new area of the sport, but it might be trying another sport, it might be learning a new language, it might be just putting yourself slightly out of your comfort zone socially. That's shown to be something which really 
uh, makes a big difference. Number nine is the aspect of forgiveness. Now, episode six of our podcast was about the idea of forgiveness, but letting go of things in the past and making peace so that you can move forward is very, very important to have a fresh and positive outlook. The two things, again, I won't mention too much because there's a whole episode you can listen to, but the two things that struck me from my study of the work of a a guy called Fred Luskin and other people who write on this is you've only got so much space in your head for things that you can process and deal with. So we've got to think about how much space we're letting out or renting towards negative or, or unhelpful thoughts. And I saw a wonderful poster that was linked to a Samaritans campaign a little while back, which says, don't let yesterday take up too much of today. I'll leave that as the thing to reflect on. Number 10, and the final one, and this is something which I would really encourage people to maybe do after they've listened to this, and that is goal setting. Not anything hyper-motivational where you've got someone screaming down a YouTube video to you to do these things, to improve your life, to be more successful, to be a millionaire. Not at all. But maybe three things to put down. Achievable, that could be done daily, weekly, monthly, that will address your mental health, that will give you the opportunity to thrive and to improve your mood and to be happier. It could be to start doing one of these things, to meditate, to practice gratitude, to exercise more. Or it could be just to explore a little bit more about them. But if you've listened to the end of this podcast, well done. Thank you. So maybe it is worth setting three goals and thinking about what you could do personally, because it's no good me saying what's right. What's right for you to look at focusing on positive mental health. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with another one pretty soon. Thank you.